How much difference can one person make on one of America's largest, most diverse, and least healthy cities? Fueled by a passion for running, love for his hometown of Miami, Florida, and a noticeable void in the U.S. marathon market, Frankie Ruiz co-founded the Miami Marathon in 2003. Leveraging family and friends, his emerging political connections, and his mantra of don't stop. Join me as I talk with Frankie on the recent decision to take the 2021 edition of Miami Marathon Virtual, leading one of the largest weekly run clubs in the country, and Frankie's life as a professional bandit catcher and local high school cross-country coach. So if you're ready, crank it up and let's go. Welcome to Faster Forward. I am your host, Troy Bousseau. This is a show where we sit down and talk with some amazing people from the endurance community, age groupers and Olympians, adventurers and explorers. We discuss their successes and failures about falling down, getting back up and never ever quitting. While it's not always about finishing, it is most definitely about starting, getting on a journey faster forward. What is up, Frankie? How are you, my man? Hey, Troy. I'm doing good, man. Here in Miami. Good, good. Hopefully, hopefully the weather's a little a little uh, better where you're at. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. It's nice and sunny here, but I hear you guys got a cold snap in your, your puffy jacket there. You guys are down in the 70s? <laughs> 76. Oof. 76 it came down yeah. to. <laughs> well, I'll send a St. Bernard down to you and make sure that you're okay. Yeah, yeah. We have a, we have a wind advisory today. So, <laughs> so that, you know... It's a, 20, 30 mile an hour gusts isn't bad, but it's nice out here. Well, Overcast. it happens. Yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. You know, you guys have to deal with all that, that really cold, frigid temperatures in Miami. <laughs> so, well, we, we had like, uh, I think it was about 10 inches of snow here last weekend. And like the next day it was high sixties, sunny. It was just perfect for the next week. So, yeah, you know, Colorado. You guys, you guys definitely have, you definitely have polarized weather uh, down pack there. Yeah, for and sure. I know that for a fact. Yeah. We 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 have the we have just one polar. <laughs> it's yeah. not the cold one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be a weatherman in, in Miami. It's pretty pretty easy job, yeah. I think. So speaking yeah. of Miami, we have Frankie Ruiz here. He is the uh, co-founder of the Miami Marathon. He is a deputized bandit catcher, and we'll talk a little bit about that in the show, uh, as well as a cross-country coach at a uh, local high school. So Frankie, welcome to the Athlinks podcast. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Troy. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the invite. Should yeah, be fun. Yeah, indeed. So uh, co-founder of the Miami Marathon, we both have the same boss, Lifetime Fitness. Um, you guys just uh, made a, uh, a painful announcement. I'm sure it was painful for all of you and your runners, but um, the decision to um, cancel the in-person, go virtual, um, give us a, a little bit of um, a background on the thinking and just the, the process that you guys went through to come to that conclusion. Yeah, it was it wasn't wasn't easy as uh, as uh, everyone might might imagine. Uh, a lot goes into into thinking that you're going to cancel an event or, or deciding that you're going to cancel an event that has been around um, now for 18 plus years and our 19th edition um, has officially been been made virtual. Um, that that was in the decision I took lightly. Uh, I'm, I'm you know I'm a believer that you know the show must always go on, and yeah. this was a where we just kind of got the pulse of the running community, the pulse of the local officials, uh, internal here as well with, with Lifetime. And we just uh, think that the better decision here is, is to err on the, on the side of, uh, of caution and, and, uh, and, and be as safe as possible by um, not having an in-person, uh, you know, full-fledged 22,000-plus runner event 
uh, in January as we would have normally hosted. Um, again, not not something that um, you know that I um, was thrilled to announce. But yeah. after I announced it, I'd say ninety nine point nine percent of the responses have been "Thank you, we yeah. understand, we appreciate it." Um, yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, I can't argue with anybody if everyone's agreeing right. with, uh, with, yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. better than the alternative where you sort of have the athletes go in one direction and, and, um, you know, management go in the opposite direction. So it's good to see that everybody's on the yeah. same page and supporting you guys. It's a great race down yeah. there. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the fact that it's a destination race also prompted us to move as early as possible on the decision. Uh, we, we were prepared to, to announce a little earlier than that, but we were still just kind of hopeful or optimistic yeah. that things would, would turn the corner. But, um, it just, it was too, there was too many other, uh, events canceling, uh, mm-hmm. that we would have just seemed like we were going completely against the grain. And, and, uh, I, I read the other day, New York times put 90, I think 95% of, uh, of all races in the country have been canceled for their 2021 edition or modified in some, some way. Yeah. Uh, we explored modification as well, smaller race, different experience, different location, but it just didn't feel right. Nothing, nothing felt right. And I think lifetime, um, provides a certain experience and certain level. And if we were going to fall short of that, then it just, um, wouldn't feel right. Well, speaking of that new level, what I like about this is you guys have kind of just immediately shifted gears and gone straight to virtual. Um, we were talking earlier, like I'm blown away by the, your virtual offering. So two things. One is uh, for some of our listeners, I think everybody probably knows by now, but for those who don't, what the hell's a virtual race? That's one. And then yeah. two, yeah. you guys, I think are really distinguishing yourself in some serious swag for the virtual metal and things like that. So um uh, yeah. So give me your thoughts on like what to the listener who doesn't yet know what the heck is a virtual race? Yeah. So, so I struggle. I'm, I'm, I'm a purist. Uh, I'll, I'll identify as such when, with, when it comes to running and competition, like I think, you know, mano a mano and, you know, head to head and, and, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll race you physically, <laughs> um, is, is the, uh, you know, is, is, is the way I'd love for the sport to, to, to be right now, but you know, reality is that the next best thing. And I, and I do say it that way. Cause I think, I think some runners, some purists like me have said, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to give that a shot. Um, should give it a shot, should give the virtual or digital world, uh, a, a chance, um, because it still kind of connects us. And what it is, is basically that you do your event distance, whatever that may be, if it's uh, in a half marathon or a full marathon or a bike event or a, a 5k, on your own time, at your own pace, which you always do kind of on your own mm-hmm. pace, but literally at your own uh, anywhere for that matter. Um, and and I think that um, there's different options out there, whether you're using, you know, the run signups of this world or, or race joys or whatnot um, to log this virtual um, distance and your, your, your garments and any smartwatch for that matter to help you uh, keep track of your, of your time. You upload this. Mm-hmm. And this gets, um, you know, uh, virtually, well, I shouldn't say virtually ranked and, yep. and your results do appear and you, you appear as a finisher of that particular race. Um, you know, I, the word virtual is kind of a misnomer in this sense, because there's nothing, there's nothing fake or, or, you know, virtual about the sweat and the, and the, the real, yep. you know, movement that your legs are going to do that day. Um, 
you know, uh, the integrity even has been, has been further, um, uh, maintained by the, the smartness of our smart devices. Yep. They know, I mean, I don't know if you've looked at your, at your Apple watch, but, uh, it knows when you're moving yeah. <laughs> and it knows how you're moving. And it asks you, you know, Hey, are we, are we rowing right now? Are we running? <laughs> are we biking? Um, and I, and I think that, you know, maybe creepy to some folks, but right now I think it's pretty neat. Uh, in helping maintain the integrity. So yeah, that's the virtual okay. the definition of virtual right now. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, so to take it a step further, then once you do complete your race, you do have some of the same things happening, right? You get your medal mailed to you. you you're actually even invited to an expo. Uh, we, we're using Event Hub to host our expo this year, a virtual expo, but it, there's, there's a lot of value in it. Uh, from the different brands and sponsors we're associated with and you get your shirt mailed to you and and basically your your same runner experience yeah. uh gets sort of sent to you um and and our our race um to the to the credit of lifetime um is offering you the experience of virtual uh in addition to you uh deferring your race entry for 2021 so, or 2022. So if we already had 5,000 plus people registered for 2021, cause our registration has been open pre pandemic, it was open back in January of last year that, uh, that just gets transferred over if you, if you so choose, or we can give you a refund and believe it or not, the majority of the yeah. people close to 80% are choosing deferment yeah. because it includes a virtual experience and it includes your entry to the 2022 event. So you're getting a two for one, you know, so COVID may have its bad things, but, um, <laughs> this is one of those good things, I guess, yeah, it's uh, a, small get a, a second experience, small concession. Yeah. So if you register for the 2021 virtual race or keep your registration alive, you will also be in for 20, not just eligible, but in for 2022, that'll, you'll that's get correct. both. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, really I haven't cool. heard of too many races. Yeah, I haven't heard of too many races offering that. That's why it's worth mentioning, and and, yeah. and really a shout out to 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 Lifetime <laughs> for 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 doing this because um, most races will give you a refund or yeah. they'll just push your entry. But we're we're saying we're going to push your your entry, and we're still going to mail you your medal, your shirt, uh, and and um, and your your sort of swag um, <laughs> to uh, to your you know to your to your mailing address. Uh, in addition to your 2021 or 2022 event. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's pretty unique. And and our medal, I, I do have to, to remind folks to, to look it up. I mean, it's on our website, but the medal for us is a, is a pride and joy of, of Miami. We've, we've, uh, we've perfected this, this spinning mechanism. We were actually the first spinning medal in the, in the country. Um, now, since then, a bunch of others have followed. I mean, um, everywhere, everywhere I, I look, I seem to see some version of a spinner, but our spinner this year has three different layers and those layers correspond to the distances. So if you ran the tropical 5k, if you ran the half marathon, or if you ran the full marathon, you're going to have different layers. And each layer is, is actually an ode to Biscayne Bay. We're having some issues here in the Bay with, um, some fish kills and some, some high um, uh, phosphate levels and some uh, some uh, not so good things in in the bay. So we're trying to bring awareness to that. And so the story behind the medal this year is that it's got um, you know a, a, an influence from the bay. So we have a coral uh, disc, we have a mangrove inspired disc, and we have a uh, a water inspired disc. And all of these will rotate, and you will have a uh, spinning palm uh, uh, at the top with a diamond. So oh, dude, I'm looking and, at uh, these online. Yeah, go to uh 
go to the miamimarathon.com and then click on the virtual uh, race information. These, <laughs> these medals are gorgeous. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And those are the renderings. So, so when, once those, the, we're going to put some real photos up soon, but yeah. uh, in the meantime, you're, you're, you can let your imagination run with those. And then the ribbon itself, we partnered up with a, uh, um, a, a big, uh, local, uh, artist who's, a who's, who's heavy on, on the Instagram side in bringing attention to our, our, you know, the perils of, of Biscayne Bay. Uh, he's, uh, he's helped us design the neck ribbons. Mm. And so the neck ribbons are, um, you know, basically, uh, uh, an artistic, uh, rendering of, of things that, um, that you experience in the Bay. So pretty, pretty cool, uh, message this year with, yeah, uh, awesome. with the race. You guys are so well connected to the community always. So that's cool to see the, the artwork transcending and, and transferring over on that side. Um, so I want to talk to you about, um, when you throw on your uh, your sheriff's uh, badge and you're an official bandit catcher out there. So you, if, for those of you who are listening, uh, just Google uh, or YouTube uh, Miami Marathon bandit catchers. Um, so you you kind of made some some headlines a couple years back, which is something that I support fully is um, kind of bringing attention to the, the idea that there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, jumping in big races like this, not paying race entry fees, um, which is sort of bad in, in and of itself, but then they're also taking resources from the course, whether it's the, you know, water and things like that, but then worse yet is the medals and the t-shirts that we just talked about. So, um, what was that, what was the evolution of that, uh, the bandit catching at Miami marathon? Uh, look, I, I, I get, I get a little passionate about any, anyone who steals anything, whether it's from a store or from, um, you know, in this case from a, a, a race, um, and in addition to that, I, I also get passionate about maintaining integrity of, of, a, of an event. And, and if all the competitors have been following a certain rule or a certain, um, you know, entry requirement, then everyone should, should abide by that. And if not, you know, you can, you can do, you know, do your thing somewhere else. Yeah. And so uh, after the, after several years of sort of not turning a complete blind eye to it, but just kind of dealing with it one year, we even ran out of medals. Mm-hmm. And, and we knew for a fact we had ordered in more than enough medals. We started to kind of say, well, is this problem that big? And we started looking at photos and we started to, to look at video and we started to, to really count numbers and say, well, wait a minute, there's, there's a sizable, you know, uh, part of the population of, of run of racers that are not paying their entry fee. Mm-hmm. They're running without bibs. They're running with made, made up bibs. They're running with last year's number. They're, they're doing all sorts of stunts to, uh, to bandit is what the word, you know, where the word uh, comes from. And, uh, we decided we would do something about it. And again, this is nothing new. New York does it with, they've got a bandit catching team. I mean, there's some other events that do it, but the difference here was that I decided to put it all on video and, and share it with, uh, you know, Facebook followers and the Instagram followers and, and YouTube and, and really throw it out there to shame a little, but more than the shame to those individuals is, is to educate um, the rest of the running population that this is a problem. It's a, it's a, it's a, a relatively large one if, if we don't nip this one and, and we did. And, and I'm not saying that they're gone because, uh, they, I still caught some the year after and the year after that, but, sure. um, uh, but a lot less, I gotta say, so either, either they're getting more sophisticated or they're leaving the course earlier, but, um, they're not as, as, uh, you know, as, as it's not as popular anymore to yeah. do this. And I think we've gotten a lot of, uh, a lot of runners that do pay thanking us and, and with right, you know, saying, you know, Hey, you know, I, I'm doing it right. I, I want the person next to me 
who's taking up space, taking up water, taking up amenities, uh, using the closed course. Yes, as a public road, but it's also a paid for public road for that day with cops and barricades. Uh, but you know, knowing that the person next to you paid as well, you know, I think that's, that's important. So, uh, and there's multiple forms of banditing, yeah. um, you know, or, or cheating, if you will, it's yeah. transferring your number without doing it the right way. Our race has a transfer policy. You can easily call us up and we'll transfer your bib to someone yeah. else. Um, you know, men, women exchanging numbers then jeopardizes, you know, Troy, your, your, um, you know, your library of, uh, of, yep. of, um, you know, your database of, of results yeah. where now they're, they're bogus results because it wasn't really John Smith or it wasn't really, you know, so-and-so and people do it to tra- to, to, yeah. to try to, um, qualify for Boston and so forth. So yeah. I think a race organizers around the world have a responsibility to do whatever they can to stay on uh, ahead of these, uh, cheaters. Yeah, and I agree, and I, I I I suspect the the vast majority of these folks probably don't either. They don't realize they're cheating, or they don't necessarily realize they're doing something wrong, like a bib swap and those types of things. It's just easier to say, "Hey, here, run with my bib." We've certainly been getting these athletes for years saying, "Hey, I ran with my wife's bib, or I ran with my friend's bib. Can you change my age and gender?" And you know, our our answer is always no. You have to go back to the race and get them to change the official results and those types sure. of things. Um, so I, that's what I've always appreciated is you bringing, um, and you're very nice about it. I mean, in the videos, it's not like you're, you know, tackling people and, you know, tearing the, the ribbon off there. You know, you're gently sort of saying, Hey, you know, uh, where's your bib? Where's your, where's your race entry? That type of thing. And it's always kind of funny to see them. You see, you know, their, their first instinct is sort of like, you know, Oh, it's eh, never mind. Yeah. I'm, you know, and then they hand the ribbon, the metal back and it's, you know, it's it's interesting yeah. to it's interesting to watch them because I think again it's in a way you know you sort of want to be um, reminded of you know it's like I didn't think there was anything necessarily wrong with me doing this and then I'm called out on it and now yeah I feel like an idiot and I you know want to crawl into a shell the moment it happens but but then I kind of look at myself in the mirror and say you know what you you probably you could probably figure out that that was not the right way to do it. So, yeah, no, I, I, I think that, that it, it definitely an education, um, there's an educational component to this. There's, there's also, I mean, look, Miami, there's no secret here that, that Miami tends to do its own thing. And we think we're the exception to every, you know, every rule. And, and, and so Miami culture has a tendency to push those, those, um, those rules sometimes aside, um, you know, but, I think as an endurance space, and we are a sport, we are a competition, we are all crossing that line, knowing that we're being given that medal because we went through all of the requirements leading up to that, which include giving your your right age, your gender, your your um, your money, and, and in this case, so you can help pay for these uh, these events. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with 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 you know being responsible to that, uh, yeah. as, as race organizers. Um, but it's, it's some of the stories and some of the things people tell you, Oh, my, my number just fell off. And you're like, <laughs> really Tyvek, Tyvek doesn't rip that easy. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or the person will say, I forgot it this morning, which let me tell you, there's been a handful of folks yeah. that really truly forgot it at home. I'll, I'll punch it in right then and there and I'll check their entry confirmation. And I'll say, all right, you're registered. Keep going. At that point, I'm not going to ask them for an ID. I mean, right. they can, there's, 
there's ways around the system, but I, I think you can tell when somebody's really being genuine, you know, that they, they did leave the, the hotel room, you know, running that morning. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that bandit catching thing, it, it, it's hurtful. It, it was definitely hurtful. Some of the things some folks said were like, you know, where they were just convinced that this was okay yeah. and, and that we were terrible for it. But yeah. I think in general, I think most of the people, um, you know, thanked us and, and appreciated it. Um, now it's become a, sort of a, uh, a watch party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, people gather around this area cause we won't tell people where it's going to be or whatnot. Yeah. And we've had different areas where we've done it throughout the course because what's the point of me pulling them out on the 11th and a half mile of them or 12 and a half mile mark right. of the 13.1 miles. So we caught them even earlier. It's just hard to police. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we're running through neighborhoods, we're running through places and so forth, but yeah. that people can just jump out and jump into the course. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's been a, a moment in our history that, that unfortunately defines, uh, you know, us in, in a positive and negative light. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think it's fortunate. Look, you took a stand and I think that that's to be respected. Thank you. Yeah. It's a, uh, I, I, as an athlete, I'd like to really know that the race organizers taking the race yeah. seriously, like, yes, it's about fun. Yes. The sport has become a lot about completion, but let's face it. Okay. Well, if it is about completion and so forth. And let's make sure that the people that are all in it are playing by the same uh, uh, rules. Um, but yeah, yeah that's, yeah. <laughs> so last time I saw you in Colorado, um, again, the, uh, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen anybody in as much pain as you were in when your hands started to thaw out, but, um, you had a gaggle of, I don't know, it was probably 20 or 25 high school or junior high, uh, cross country yeah, high school kids. Yeah. Okay, high, school high school kids. What was the, tell me about that. What was that all about? So I, I've been, uh, the reason I got into the running business in general, um, was, uh, besides a passion for events and a passion for Miami, I had, I've, I've always been, uh, just attracted to the idea of, of coaching. And, um, I wasn't the greatest athlete, you know, in high school, but, uh, but I realized that if somebody, you know, somebody can understand as diff uh, a difficult athlete, such as myself, um, it was me. Um, mm. and I, I, I don't, I don't know there's too many more, more difficult people than me in that, in that regard to coach. So I said, you know what, let me give this, this coaching thing a shot. So about 19 years ago, I started coaching. And ever since then I've been at, at, at a, at a high school known as a uh, Belen Jesuit high school here in Miami coaching cross country. I have done a little bit of track, but, uh, my real heart's in, in cross country. And so the time you saw me, I was out, uh, I took them, I take them on trips to Colorado, to Oregon, North Carolina, you know, certain places where we're real conducive to running and we make a, a camp out of it, um, you know, 10, 12 days of, of just running and, and wow. um, training and, and, and sort of uh, introducing them to the world of endurance sports. And, and uh, we know that Miami is, you know, big on football, big on basketball, big on, on, on sort of the, the pro sports, but uh, truly endurance sports is, is not as prevalent yet. Yeah. And, uh, and so every time we take them to, I don't know, Eugene, Oregon or Boulder, Colorado, or, yeah. or, uh, even upstate New York, we were, we were this past, uh, a, a couple summers ago, they, their eyes are open to not just the amount of recreational athletes. And I don't like to refer to them as such, but you know, everyday sort of folks, but the access of, of the amount of athletes, uh, elite athletes that are training in some of these hotbeds. So we do that to just kind of broaden their horizons a little bit and take yeah. them out, out of the, uh, what we call the area code 305 down here, which is, yeah. 
limited in 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 its access to to these elite you know endurance athletes what percentage of your team came down for that i took that year i think uh the year you saw me i probably took about 80 percent of my team i, I coach wow. about 55 kids a year yeah. uh this year is actually a little bit more because um the pandemic has brought so so many folks away from team sports and contact sports so we had a we had a nice opening season this year um but uh but yeah it's uh it's a I, I like to take as many kids as possible on these trips yeah um it just it makes it more fun uh, it's challenging i mean I, I took last year's trip or two years ago was to new, upstate new york and we took them to manhattan and it's not easy to take you know 50 oh kids to goodness. run at, at central park or van Cortland or stuff you know so but uh but yeah Wow, that is amazing! Is this just uh, like parent funded, or do you have um, benefits? Yeah, we got or? a combination. Yeah, a combination. There's alumni funding. There's some some parent help. Um, you know, a lot of kids are well to do, but um, good good majority of them are uh, uh, on some financial need or assistance. So, yeah. so it's um, yeah, it's a mix. It's a nice mix. I'm not gonna you know, it's a, it is a private school. Yeah, but it's uh, you know, def- definitely a mix of kids. Wow, what an amazing experience that must be. Uh, to yeah. get out of the 305 and go in places again, like, yeah, like Boulder, Colorado and Eugene, Oregon, uh, and just kind of experiencing that, like seeing what I think, you know, the, the elites are, you know, the, the amount of work, you know, yeah. I was, yeah. I was a, I was a traditional sport kid growing up, baseball, football, I wrestled, um, and, and especially football, I think, you know, people, people that are playing football feel like they're the elite, you know, it's uh, um, smashing people and all this other stuff. And then the, I think the first time I ran a race, it was, <laughs> it's like, I'll take a, I'll take a bell ringer any day over, you know, going, you know, yeah. redlining for 20 minutes or, or two hours or whatever it is. So endurance sports is, it's a, it's a whole new ball game when you like, you yeah. have to put in just an insane amount of work. Yeah. Yeah, and the cool thing about us uh, or this particular team now—I mean, they're recognized nationally. We've gotten the program. I think right now, Mile Split has us ranked at at tenth. Uh, so it's a—it's definitely you know a, a high-end program that we've we've worked to get there throughout the years. But at the school, they're they're like I call them the Navy SEALs. You know, even though you got the football team, which is bigger, and the fo- and the basketball and the lacrosse kids, but everybody everybody wants to be like these guys. These guys yeah. are are, uh, you know, six months of the year working to be the best in the country. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to lead these guys and expose them to this, this sport that you can do for the rest of your life. Right. Like I think running, biking, swimming, triathlons, all these, these endurance, uh, sports and all the new ones that, I mean, are coming and we're sure we'll talk a little bit about this, but I think the pandemic's going to bring uh, a lot of new people to, to the sport, um, that they can do for the rest of their life. You know, I, I know this is, this is probably said often, but how often can you call your friends and say, Hey, put on your pads and your helmet. We're going to go, we're going to go, you know, throw the football around. You know, you just can't do that when you're 45 years old or whatnot. Um, and, uh, now you can tell them, put on your helmet. We're going to go on a bike ride. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's yeah. Um, yeah, before we get into that, let's, let's stick on the kids a little bit. What have you noticed in terms of, you know, some of these kids that have gone off and done the, you know, is it, is it a level of commitment when they get home that they're now vested? Is it a, you know, like what, what is the change you see in these kids? Cause I've got to assume it's significant. Yeah, no, I, I, I get them for four, sometimes five years. So I, I definitely see them grow through it. They need the social connection. They need, they need that, that person. I think all of us need it, including adults. 
we need somebody that that's going to be honest to us. Um, you know, either tell you you're not the fastest or this is what you need to do to get to be the fastest. And, and whether it's in, you know, in running in our case, cross country or, or in business, you know, you, you, you don't want to, you don't want somebody who's always telling you next to you, the things you want to hear, right. Yeah. You, you, you need to be told the things that are difficult to, to hear sometimes. And I think I, I like to teach that, um, to, to the kids as much as I can. Um, and, and I see that the more you teach them that, uh, the better they become, you know, uh, and it's not criticizing them necessarily, but it's just kind of showing them the way. Uh, and I've been doing this, you know, for, like I said, 19 years, and I'm, I'm happy to say that I've had some of my same coached kids, uh, you know, as doctors now, uh, I've, I've called them for advice. So, so they've certainly, you know, matured and, and, and grown to, to excel in life. And I've seen that throughout the years. Uh, and so it's, it's a real rewarding thing to see. In fact, my, my second child, my second child, um, the doctor, um, is the wife of one of the kids I coached wow. and he too is, is real successful. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's fun to see them, you know, grow up and, and, and become better. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. Tough love, Frankie. Nice, nicely done. <laughs> nicely done. So you and I were talking before we <clears throat> we jumped on here about uh, you just touched on a little bit in terms of the changes that that we're starting to see, and I think anticipating seeing uh, post COVID in <clears throat> excuse me uh, in some race formats and things like that. I I happen to believe, and I've talked a little bit about. Um, this feels like we're on the cusp of, even though it's sort of building back to where we were last year, but it feels like we're about ready to hit another boom. Like it just feels like people just, I mean, with the election today or tomorrow, um, the world needs to go run, like just forget everything. Like we all need to go out for a collective run together. Uh, but what are you seeing? What are you guys thinking about maybe because, because you're in the driver's seat on this, are you guys thinking about changing formats or, or not changing formats of Miami marathon, but thinking about other races that you would launch and things like that? How are you looking at the world, uh, post COVID on running? Yeah, you know, I I think uh, I haven't been around that long to to say I I I got any effects of that first running boom of of the the sixties and seventies, but um, I'm assuming that some of that energy um, was was all about the running, right? It was just about to a certain extent, um, you know, races and whatnot. And I think now we've we've found ourselves in a place where the endurance world is seeing a boom as a whole. And with that is coming a whole lot of creativity and, and sort of innovation from race directors and the athletes. Like they're coming up with a crazy backyard challenges. They're coming up with, you know, the altitude, you know, whatever challenges that you're seeing out there. Um, and, and I think that's attracting new people to the sport because before it was sort of just siloed. It's like, all right, there's a running race. There maybe is a little bit of ultra. There's a little bit of trail. Now I think that they're all kind of mixing and matching with one another. I know here in Miami we're talking about an off-road uh, gravel slash triathlon, which which uh, all this all this uh, talk of new um, type of event is I think what the, the endurance space needed. Um, you know, everyone was was upset a few years back, and the in- industry is saying, "Oh, all these concept runs are taking sport and turning it into like you know paint and color runs and stuff like that, and it's losing the competitive." And I think now the pendulum swung the other way, which everybody's like, all right, we're ready to compete, but we want to compete in different, more challenging, more off the wall things. And I think that's going to, that's going to bring a lot more folks, uh, and, and mainstream world to, to look and, and say, wow, that that's different. That's yeah. not just a person, 
you know, running from one place to the other, but now they're doing all these extra things attached to it. So we're seeing that and we're, we're hoping to be a part of that here in, in South Florida specifically and, and uh, hopefully impacting, um, you know, the, the health and wellness in a, in a positive way. So we don't end up in this pandemic situation again, you know, so yeah. that's, that's the plan. Yeah, the one uh, the one thing that we do know is is uh, being in better health is certainly um, you know one of the legs that you can have up. You guys have tons of high rises in Miami. You can do the uh, what was the guy's name uh, Sam Hustler who did the uh-huh. uh, half marathon on his balcony. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. Like, geez, That's you could have cool run stuff. through your hallways in the in the building itself, man. You didn't have to stick to the. No, we got some pretty big balconies in South Beach, so they they can do they can yeah they can do that for sure. But no, I I I think the other thing that that's going to come of this that I I think the fact that kids were at home um, for such a long time, they saw their parents walking and biking, and 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 they they were forced to go out because I had kids that told me they were tired of playing video games. Uh, Even some of the kids I coach were were Mm -hmm. like I I just couldn't I, I was tired already. I played so much, and and I think we needed that the sort of smack in the face and, and, and to get out again, get outside. Um, but that's going to, that's going to matter because this country in general and the world for that matter was turning its back on, you know, physical education and, and, and sort of youth sports that, that, um, encourage activity. And I think now, um, we're going to, we're going to see a, a push back to that hopefully. Yeah. So I yeah, would, I would love to see it. There was a video that came out a couple of years ago, it was from like the mid sixties. I don't know if you saw it, but they were showing, um, like the presidential fitness program. Oh yeah. And I mean, these kids were jacked, these high school kids, uh, boys and girls, they were all in phenomenal shape. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. and somehow we got away from that. And I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that the, 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 um, you know, it's, it's not that everybody has to be some elite level athlete or whatever, but a certain amount of health and physical fitness is, it, it's just so important to the mental, uh, well-being when your body feels good, your, your mind feels good. And, uh, you know, you can, uh, the amount of stress and, and other things that I see on people and, and hear from a lot of the athletes members and things is just, it just breaks my heart. It's like, you should not be this stressed out. I, I know th- it seems yeah. like the world is falling, but the, you know, the reality is the sun will rise tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think now more than ever, people are, are turning to endurance, uh, in, in a manner that's genuine. It's sort of authentic. It's not, Oh, let me just lose some weight. Uh, so I can, you know, fit into a, a, a wedding dress or, let me just lose some weight so that, you know, I can fit into new clothes or whatnot. Now I think it's more meaningful, right? I think people are understanding why they need to do certain things and, and they're finding kind of a love for it. I know that there's a, there's a number of runners that had sort of taken a break from running and I've, I've seen them as of recent and they're like, you know what, I'm, I'm back in this because I actually am not just running for a race anymore. Um, I'm running, you know, just for, for myself. So that, and I said, I said, well, you know, the neat thing is that Eventually, you're going to build that aerobic engine so so big that you're you're going to do awesome when the races do come back online, and so that's going to be that's going to be fun. Sort of that pent up demand for for seeing where where you really are now after all these all these months of training. So good stuff. You guys have a, a phenomenal community down there in Miami around the Miami Marathon. Your Tuesday night runs and things like that. How much have you been able to keep going with all of that stuff? I see some on your socials where you're still doing t- some level of that, but uh, how is that? 
Yeah, yeah, we've kept it. We've kept it small, uh, just to experiment and and see how people feel. So we've had a few here and there, but for the most part, um, our partner Baptist Health has, being at their hospital, um, you know, asked us to to kind of be part of the solution, mm-hmm. and uh, and meaning the the solution of not bringing mass <laughs> mass crowds together, yeah. uh, not not. Not necessarily, you know, the solution of making people healthy. That's not what that's not what they intended. Uh, but so we put the pause button. We hit the pause button there for a little while. We're hoping to launch up again now at the end of November, yeah. uh, possibly right after Thanksgiving, right before the holidays, just to remind people the importance of of, uh, of running again and uh, together in community. Uh, but these groups were so large at times that um, they were billed as one of the, one of the largest, um, free weekly run clubs, especially Tuesday nights where we would gather five, 600, 800 at a time yeah. every single week, rain or shine. It's a free run club. They just come out and run three and a half miles. Something we started about 11 years ago. And until the pandemic, we hadn't missed a Tuesday night, uh, other than the two wow. weeks we take break during the holidays. Um, so it was, it was definitely a shock. I see people at the supermarket all the time. I saw bunch of folks this weekend walking by me and like when is it gonna start when is it gonna start again um so i realized how much people needed it and we get tagged all the time we've hosted some virtual zoom runs some guided runs just to stay in touch but there's still nothing like getting that many people together and going for a run through downtown miami and Brickle. it just brought the city alive on a tuesday night um yeah and uh, and i think it helped it sort of helped miami sustain its its interest in in running year round because the Miami Marathon, Turkey Trots, and some other, you know, ancillary 5Ks, they're only for a short period of time in Miami because our running weather, you know, we, we start off joking about weather, but the truth is that weather is a factor here. Yeah. Come October, you can run basically somewhat comfortable late October through about March. After that, it becomes dicey. And that's a short period. It's sort of like yeah. everyone else's winter, but, yeah. but it's bad to run outside those months. Um, but if you do it at night and you do it in a group of people with a group of people and sort of guided and with the energy, you'll stick with it all year long. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that has helped sort of sustain that, that, uh, that sort of running ecosystem down here. Yeah. That's a crazy, I mean, 500 to 800, 500 to 800 people every single week in the, you know, again, what that represents in terms of mental health and just, you know, good vibes. Um, and, the, and then that's on the shelf. That's that's something not to be taken lightly. So, um, yeah, I hope those people are at least pairing up with one or two of their friends and continuing to do that on Tuesday nights. You know, check in with Frankie here and ping him on the socials and all that good stuff and let him let him know you're still doing that. Because I didn't realize that they were that. I knew they were big. I knew I knew they were in the in the hundreds. I didn't realize they were kind of tipping. Yeah. Wow. That is that is. Yeah. Phenomenal. yeah our, we, we have we have a network of eight of them. And the eight added up to more than a thousand a week. Um, so at eight different locations, not, not, um, not in one, one specific spot, but it was eight different spots throughout the week. So it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And, um, these all added up to well over a thousand, but that one location, which we call the Brickle Run Club or Baptist Health Brickle Run Club, that happens, um, every Tuesday night, rain or shine, seven, seven o'clock. And, uh, and the crowds were huge, huge. It was, it was awesome. It was an awesome thing and no strings attached. I mean, we wouldn't ask people, we, all we do is ask people to sign a waiver. We'd give them water at the end and, um, and it just brought the community together. I mean, I have people that, that, that said, that's the reason why they're in love with Miami because they actually came to the city and they met some people here and, and now they, they've made Miami home. So. 
Was yeah, that just one cool of those stuff. kind of build it and they will come? Did you just start doing it and just decide I'm going to do this on Tuesday and then one person became 10 and 10 became 100, et cetera? <laughs> well, uh, about, I'd say, what was it, 11, 12, 11 to 12 years ago, Nike um, uh, and I were working on a project called Run Hit uh, Remix, which was Run Hit Wonder, One Hit Wonders that mm-hmm. would do um, races uh, or, or do concerts at races, the five mile races. And they brought one of those races to Miami and they, uh, they wanted to market the race a little bit. And, um, we realized that Miami didn't have a, uh, a run, a real social running club scene. Hmm. They had more, it had more of a traditional membership only, you know, back of the running store, uh, run club. Yeah. And so I said, well, let's start this thing. And we started off small in South beach, a few runners at a time, and then it grew a couple hundred and eventually why didn't we cross over the bridge and do it in the mainland, which is in downtown Miami or Brickell? And from there, it just kind of kept kept uh, kept growing. So uh, we filled the void, and and it was probably around the same time that I think some of the you know groups like November Project, Run Crew, scenes out in New York and and, and L.A. started to take off as well. Yeah, it just Miami kind of did it a little different. We were we kind of did it more at a mass level yeah. in one in one market. So. <clears throat> Yeah, it's interesting because yeah. New, New York Roadrunners, they have a, a massive club, obviously, and Atlanta Track Club has a massive club, but they have tons of races throughout the year, too, where it's kind of all all together. But you guys are just like completely grassroots, just, you know, like, uh, I don't know, just I, it, it's such an interesting model. Yeah, you know, I, I, I know that one of the one of the things that's interesting about about this particular type of podcast that we want to talk to like everybody. This is this is that this is every person's run club. In that, I bet you if you asked ninety a hundred percent of the people there, ninety percent of them wouldn't even identify as runners, but they're running. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you you you've got you've got an, an opportunity to join one of these groups that don't have these barriers that you have to come in wearing, you know, your top of the line Garmin and your you know high socks and short shorts. I mean, this is this is a place to just just socialize. Yeah. And by the way, we all, we run. <laughs> yeah. Know? That's basically the idea behind it. It's having not grown up a runner, you know, not being cross country or tracked running to me was one. It was always about, you know, kind of cutting weight for wrestling, which as terrible <laughs> as it was, I still look, I, I still loved it. You know, there was just the aspect of discipline and all that yeah. stuff, but running to me was always, I mean, just so pure. You talked about putting on the pads and all that stuff. Like running was a pair of shoes, you know, I grew up in Phoenix, Miami and Phoenix. Um, and so in either place, it was, you, it was a pair of shoes, maybe socks and a pair of shorts. And that was it. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you didn't need anything else. You didn't need permission. You didn't need a permit. You didn't need, uh, you know, the, somebody's on the field. I can't do it. It's just go pick a direction and run. And that, yeah. I, I love the feel of your, of those run clubs and how it's just basically like, Hey, just show up here, pair of shoes, pair of shorts, uh, you know, tops yeah. are optional. <laughs> it is Miami after yeah. all. It is true. It is true. There's probably more guys without shirts there than anywhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, I, I, I think that, that a lot of people avoid getting into, into uh, running or any endurance sport for that matter. Cause they, you know, they see the magazines and they see the ads and they, and they think, my gosh, I, I don't think I, I, I look like that. Yeah. But then when you come out to one of these groups, you start to see people do look like you. Um, they, they do, everyone was a first timer at some point. Um, and, and it's our job as event organizers, as run club promoters, or as coaches to, uh, to help them do it right. So that 
they don't just jump in and and uh, and run 10 miles that first day but anybody can come out to a run club and run three and a half miles and by the way it's it's an out and back so i always tell the first timers turn around whenever you're ready mm. um and and that that sort of brings down that uh that bad that first bad experience that usually yeah. people walk away from and say you know what that running thing is crazy because <laughs> i mean i'm sure troy you have all you have tons of friends that that say oh i'm not into long distance running because i'm better at sprinting well everybody's good at sprinting i mean getting chased for it by a dog everyone can sprint right, right. like it's it's just not it's very natural obviously to sprint but you can condition the body i mean it's pretty darn natural to condition the body to to um to go longer and have the stamina to, to sustain that that uh that speed for a longer uh, period of time so i think a lot of people get into the sport i'm uh, sorry don't get into the sport because they tried it and they tried it the wrong way yeah you know yeah uh, they may have had uh, you know downloaded an app and and uh and said how uh, see how far i can go today and then tomorrow they can't even get out of their car because they're in such pain you know but, yeah yeah too much too soon is definitely a problem yeah yeah Absolutely. um the how did you on, on um i just i love entrepreneurship and i love kind of building businesses and building projects and things like that so take me back to when you first started miami marathon what the expectations were out of the gate, um, how you guys built it basically into, you know, a premier top tier marathon um, and, and what that journey was like. Because it couldn't have been, I mean, you're, you're in a great market, obviously. And so it now in retrospect, obviously seems like a total no brainer, easy decision to make. But um, how did you guys get like, what was the what was the process in getting started and getting that thing going? Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I kind of was passionate about running, which I, I and but I also realized how different I was um, in that passion, right? Like I, I was the kid in PE that wanted to run laps, and the other kids, you know, thought that was a punishment. And and knowing that I had such a, a sort of uphill battle convincing people in a in a in a market that was not yet all in on running or all in on participant sports um, was kind of what drove me at first. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Like this, this is an opportunity here. In fact, at the time, 2002, Miami was labeled the least fit city, uh, by men's fitness or men's health or one of those magazines. Uh, it wasn't an online list. It was an actual hard copy. Wow. Um, and I still have that magazine. And, and I thought to myself, I'm like, well, why? Because Miami's got 365 day, you know, a year, whether to at least go outside and walk for 30 minutes or run for 20 minutes. And, and that, that got us kind of going and thinking, oh, wait, maybe one of the things we're missing here is that there's a major, it's a major city, uh, without a, a, a marathon and the eighties and seventies had the orange bowl marathons, but they never quite, you know, blew up for different reasons, finances. It wasn't run the, 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 the way, you know, this sort of modern day, uh, running company, um, models being run. Yeah. And so I had two partners at the time. They were, they were producing triathlons and I put my, all of us together, um, used, uh, some political, um, connections that I had here in, in Miami. I was I'm also passionate about not, not so much politics, but I'm passionate about, about our, our public, uh, spaces and how yeah. they're managed. So I've been close to, to a lot of our uh, elected officials. 
and uh, got them on board, a few mayors that were interested and mayor of Miami, mayor of Miami Beach and uh, Miami-Dade County all kind of aligned themselves with this idea of bringing back a Miami marathon, but in, in the right time of the year, right start time, right partners. We had Toyota as a partner that first year and uh, just sort of built a business that um, we kind of knew from the beginning we had to 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 create the market uh, or create the demand rather. So we started launching 5Ks. We started launching, uh, you know, professionally run 5Ks. They've been around since the beginning of time, but we, we professionalized our turkey trial. We professionalized our um, uh, sort of a holiday runs and so forth. And people new people started coming into the sport. Uh, we started, we started bringing, uh, in what we call info sessions to, to companies, teaching people how to run, how to get into running. It wasn't as easy to find the information as it is now. And that helped us build this giant sort of environment that, uh, that just bred new, new, new runners and, and new folks into the sport. And, and Miami became a, a running town. It really, really has, I think, um, you know, developed this it's kind of like the, the person who recognizes that they have a body and they're like, Oh my gosh, wait, I have a body. I should, I should take care of it. Miami recognized that it, it, it was a place that you could run. It's a place that we had natural assets. Mm. We had great views, great air quality, uh, breeze. I mean, it, it, it really did, um, open a lot of people's eyes to yeah. the fact that Miami could be a good place to bike and run and swim and do triathlons and so forth. Yeah, just a, a skosh of humidity, but um, your time. Yeah, but, is but you know good. what? Yeah, but but it's all. But with the humidity, you you bring up a great point that the humidity um, is manageable if you yeah. teach the person how to hydrate. If you teach the person to, most of our runners start at five in the morning. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with that that oh, yeah. as well. But but a lot of people aren't because I ask my friends that don't run. I'm like, do you, do you ever see runners out? They're like, no, I never see runners out. I'm like, well have you ever driven out of your house before 6am? Because <laughs> before 6am, it's a, it's a traffic jam yeah. on the sidewalks yeah. during marathon training season. Um, and they're back home by the time you head out, you know, on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that takes some education telling people, Hey, you know, don't go out at noon. I always see that person at noon and I'm like, Oh man, I hope he knows what he's doing yeah. <laughs> or she knows what he, what she's doing. But yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I'm usually that guy out at noon because I hate waking up early and and just having <laughs> grown up, you know, between Miami and Phoenix, I, I do love the heat. But my folks live yeah. on one of the golf courses there in, in the Gables, and it is a it is a traffic jam. I will, I mean, because I'm usually there in the summertime, and it's it's crazy how many people are on that uh, running path. That's a Granada. I think that's a Granada golf mm -hmm. course. Yeah, yeah the Granada exactly. golf course. People do loops there. Yeah, they they should crazy. make that into a park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they should. I mean, they could certainly formalize yeah. that running trail. Uh, for yeah, sure. Coral Gables Central Park, it should be called. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Oh, it's, yeah. it's a great place. And so you, I mean, I'm looking at the results on Athlinks from uh, 2003. I mean, you guys started pretty dang good. You're at 2,500 finishers in the half. And um, what is that? Marathon, About probably at four or 500 yeah. for the marathon. No, it was 1,500 in 2003. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, total is 3,500 is what I, yep. I, I, I estimate. About 30, 34, 3,500. Yeah. I mean, that's total. a, that's a killer start, you know, coming right out of the gate, your first or second year. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my parents, my family, my cousins, I still apologize to them because they were the volunteers. They yeah. were the, the, you know, the captains of the start lines and the finish lines. Yeah. And, and I had, I had, a, prior to that, I had only produced two 5Ks in my life. 
um, my partners were the ones that really knew, you know, uh, um, event production a little better than I did. They were doing triathlons, uh, tri uh, the trilogy triathlon series down in, in Key Biscayne, um, or whatever, four or five, 600 people. Yeah. Um, but this was like, we went from driving a little dinghy to driving a cruise ship over, you know, almost overnight. So it, uh, it was quite the, um, the undertaking, you know, we, it was one of those things that we had to convince people we knew what we were doing before we did it. Yeah. And so how, so literally you had, you had like family members volunteering, holding oh, yeah. down the fort. And yeah. Did you? Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was definitely scrappy. It was, it was, it was, you know, budgets weren't huge. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we started off in my partner's, uh, um, garage at their, their home as a, as an office. Then we moved to actually the same office we're in now. Um, and, uh, all that was done, uh, with, with a lot of passion, a lot of sort of volunteers and, and folks that, that believed in the fact that Miami needed, uh, a, a signature, uh, half and full marathon. And, uh, yeah, we, we, I, I look back at that day and it was, it was somewhat, magical in that and i know you know when you look back and you get nostalgic and you think everything was perfect but the truth was that we got a cold front out of nowhere mm. it came down to 52 or 53 degrees which was just perfect yeah. for reviews because you know that there the athlete ha always has a great time as long as the weather's nice that's right and um and so our medals were horrible um you know the the food options weren't great i mean all the things that now people get judged races get judged by we weren't right. the best but we were pretty pretty darn uh, you know decent and people loved it and we ran we made sure we one of the things that that people say about miami is that you can't run fast well we we worked with an elite athlete agent and we made sure that um you know i'm sure you can pull that up on athletes but our our course record our race record is still that year <laughs> we spent some money making sure we got some talent uh, and we had a 212, I forget, 212.36, I think it was. But um, that is still the the, the event record. And you uh, had a 212.22 and a 212.23. 212.22. Yeah. Yeah, that's wow. right. That's right. Yeah, so it was a, it was a, a, a tough, uh, you know, and, and back then 212 was, you know, Kipchoge yeah. wasn't around. So uh, that's, a, that's a decent time. And so everyone was like, wait a minute, Miami, you can go down there and maybe qualify for Boston. You know, you got to pay attention to the weather, but... Uh, or you could come do a fast half. I mean, we've had some fast halves take place since. I mean, um, uh, that's, uh, that's definitely the distance of choice for the race. Um, because the races actually start together, um, a, the, the half marathon is, is pretty, pretty unique in that. And so is the full in that you have until 12.8 miles to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Am I going to go oh, the whole right. way or not? Some people like it, some people don't. But I know, I know that if it's a day that I'm not feeling great and I was going to do the full – I may just veer off at 12.8 and finish and, yeah. and it's perfectly fine. It's not on opposite days or different course. The masochist in me likes no. it because I like giving, I like being given that option that you have to push away that you have to like, no, I don't yeah. want, I don't want the cake. No, I'm going to go, you know, it's like, no, 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 yeah. you have to, you're like forced to, to be presented with that option. You have to turn it down. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, <laughs> it's so I, I'm sort of like you. I'm sort of like you, but I, I also like it in the sense like at least I know there's a there's an exit. There's there's the exit. The exit's yeah. there just in case. You know, I'm just too dumb to take the exit most days. <laughs> that's awesome. By the way, you said you you did uh you, you did wrestling. My my uh, cross country coach, uh, which is also now sort of my boss with uh with the, the team I coach now. He was a a big time wrestler, so he would train us like 
like wrestlers. Oh, geez. And we have, yeah, I mean, more than once he suggested we wear a hooded, you know, uh, <laughs> a hoodie to go running <laughs> in 95-degree yeah. uh, weather. We're like, wait a minute, we can't lose any more weight no, right now. You don't need to make it harder. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, the, yeah. those were those were different times. That was wrestling in the 80s where there was no no limit to the amount of weight you could cut. And, I mean, we did some really dumb things. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to see things yeah. have improved a little bit in that regard. So those first yeah, few years, how did you think about failure? I mean, um, you know, you had a couple of partners, you called in some political favors and things like that, but you still had your 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 money, your reputation, everything on the line. I mean, that those are the stories I, I love hearing about is just the, it's like failure is not an option. You, you have to make it work. You said you got, you know, friends and family volunteering and everything else. Like, yeah, that that's so. 20, 2,500 bucks is what I put in. Um, and then I had to put a little bit extra for at one point, but that was it. That was the initial investment, um, between us three. Well, all three of us had to put that in. But the interesting thing was that I did, I did enough sort of homework before, uh, putting all three partners, uh, all three of us together as a husband and wife uh, team. Um, and, uh, one of the things that I realized that they they had tried to launch a, a race a few years prior, mm. um, and and it sort of fell apart. I mean, kudos to them for for giving making it a, a, a giving it a shot. But one of the things they fell short on was uh, was on 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 um, on permits, uh, is my understanding. And then um, and I, I think on the finances slightly because they were somewhat connected. And I said, listen, I think I can bring that part to it. I can bring the connection to the, the, the elected officials. Um, so we, by doing that and creating this sort of this, these, this partnership between us three where they had a lot of the know-how and I had a lot of the, the access to, to um, certain gatekeepers we needed, um, we, made it, we made it work. Um, but the failures or the fear of failures along the way were, were great. Um, we had everybody all of a sudden decided that they were going to do a marathon in Miami. So we had competitors. We, in fact, there's a guy still sitting on MiamiMarathon.com. Um, that's why the race name is the MiamiMarathon.com. Mm. Uh, he wanted 50, he wanted 50% of our company and we hadn't <laughs> even, we, we didn't have a penny to our name. Sure. Um, so, um, so anyhow, we just kind of went with it and we said, you know what, you're going to make, you know, you're going to hurt a community or hurt a, a business that way. That's up to you. And we, we kind of stuck to our, to our guns and we called the race that first year, the, the tropical, uh, Miami marathon. And that, that was the name for three years. We had Toyota as a Toyota Prius, Toyota, Toyota That's Prius right. had just come out. I think it gave you like, I, I forget how many miles to the gallon, but it was <laughs> such a big deal. And I was driving that thing around because they gave me the, the lead car to drive around for a year. But, um, good deal. that was, a, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun for about three years that we did that uh, with with Toyota, and then ING came on and, and we took off from there. But you talk about failures along the way. The amount of people that that said that we were crazy, that we were irresponsible. Um, it was a running store owner who specifically called me in and said, "You know, you're you're you don't know what you're doing. You're going to hurt the community. You're going to hurt the reputation of South wow. Florida." And I thought to myself, "I said, what reputation? We don't have a race, so uh, wow. <laughs> you know." Uh, but, but that, I think you you need that, right? Like you need, you need people, you need people that believe in you yeah. and then you need people to be honest with you. And they, they, they probably made us better, you know, much like going back to coaching, you know, you want somebody to tell you that, you know, that things are real, that this is not a game, that this is not, you know, easy to do. And that helped out. Uh, we avoided some pitfalls, but along the way we made our mistakes and, um, 
you know, it's, uh, here I am 18 years and still making some of these, yeah. these mistakes, but, but it certainly, you know, it certainly was uh, entrepreneurship 101, uh, those first couple of years for sure. That's awesome. Have you guys ever had, I mean, I know, you know like uh, you had some weather at the expo a couple of years ago. I think uh, Athlinks froze up on you um, our first year together. I know there've been some bad days, but have you ever had like just a, uh, you know, you're, you're clear of the hurricane season, but I mean, have you ever just had a, a scorcher where you're just, just like, this is just not going down today or no weather wise. Um, we've had, we've had it all. I mean, yeah. We've had hot ones. We've had cold. In fact, we, our coldest race to date was like in the forties. So whoever says Miami can't get cold, they, mm-hmm. they still talk about that. Even the Northeasterners talk about how cold it was that year. Um, and all the years blend. So I can't really point to one, mm-hmm. but I can, I can say that there's been there have been some where we have just stood at the start line and the world has just opened up on or the heavens have just opened up on yeah. on the runners and um you know if you're from Miami you're used to these tropical you know yeah. monsoons that that just pop out of nowhere but we haven't it's not a it's not a time of year where there's heavy heavy uh lightning it's not a time of year where you're going to get hit with a hurricane, at least not yet. And I mean, there's one about to hit, um, in Latin America this weekend, God, God forbid. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a, usually the most temperate sort of climate yeah. that exists in Miami is January, February. And we did that. We chose that for that reason. But yeah, I, I think also that the folks in Miami and, and even those that come from Latin America are somewhat acclimatized. So even the warm ones aren't the end. It isn't the end of the world. Um, the fact that we give you that option to run that half helps out a lot. Um, you know, cause if it is a hot one that day, people just turn in. We, we did pioneer early on water stations all over the place. I know that a lot of the majors were not doing that. I mean, they were called majors back then, but a lot of the big races weren't. Um, we, uh, what else did we do? Um, yeah, just, just, I mean, the bad weather ones. Yeah. I can't think of anyone that really put us completely out and the volunteers still show up. It makes it hard. Nobody yeah. likes a wet a wet race, but yeah. rain is pretty much as bad as it's gotten. Miami is such an interesting place. Uh, I'd never seen this anywhere else where you could be standing like in the middle of a road and you literally see a wall of water coming toward you. And it's, it's like <laughs> it, it's shining sun on you and 100 feet away, you see this literal curtain. Like it's not like it's sprinkling yeah. in front of it. It's just a literal wall of curtain. And then yeah, it just goes yeah. passing over you for five minutes and then it ends just as quickly as it started. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's the tropics and it's, yeah. uh, you know, I, 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 where I coach, I coach by the Everglades and, mm. and the rainstorms out there are, are crazy. Uh, but they, they pass and the sky opens up and you got a beautiful day, uh, you know, to go to the beach after that. Um, we, that's what sort of has happened for some of our marathon, uh, weekends, yeah. but as I mean, we're ready for, for it all. So it's yeah. been, been pretty rough uh, but most of it's been pretty good and do you guys put on or is it a different company that does the trop five or the the tropical the shoot the turkey trot in tropical park is that your that's ours that's ours yeah that's ours um we uh that's got about six thousand runners it's uh um also on hold this year for for obvious reasons uh but that is uh tropical park in south florida for those that don't know is like cross-country runners central it's sort of like it's sort of like Van Cortland, but it doesn't really have races in it, but it's where everybody trains, uh, you know, Van Cortland in New York. Um, and, uh, a lot of the high schools, uh, use that, that area to train. And then it's got the nicest track, um, in the, in the County, um, you know, public track. And, and so a lot of recreational, 
you know, everyday folks use it as well. So the park is very centrally located. It's one of the larger sort of parks in the suburbs. Um, and that, that particular park hosts the, the turkey trot, but it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's a narrow, narrow roads and it's yeah. just, it, and it also has the only hill in town, uh, besides <laughs> the bridges, it, is it a has flat. a hill that's maybe 40 feet tall. Yeah. So everyone goes to use that hill to train. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, tropical park has a special place in, in, uh, in the hearts of runners down here. It's but that's, funny. Uh, that's where the Miami Turkey trot is. Yeah. I went, I ran that race several years ago. Um, again, visiting my folks for, for Thanksgiving, my sister and I ran it together and, um, I've told this story a hundred times around our smart corral product that we've, that we've created over the years. And it was because of that race. So we all started out, you know, it's a big race, as you said, several thousand people on a, you know, it's a 5k course. So it's not like you're spread out over yeah. 20 miles and whoever the race director was an older guy. Um, and he's got his megaphone and he's walking up and down the corrals. He's like, I don't give a damn what you ran in high school. If you can't run a six minute mile today, get out of this. And like, I would say about a third of the people shuffled their corrals. Like everybody kind of got out and was like, oh, okay, I'll go back one. I'll move up one and I'll, I'll be damn. I mean, it was, it was three and a half miles, you know, 3.1 miles of, I maybe passed two or three people. I got passed by two or three people thousands of runners on this course. And it was an amazing experience. And it was because yeah. this guy, you know, held people accountable, told them the yeah. things they didn't want to hear. Right. So a little tough love on race morning, <laughs> but it was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. That was a good, yeah, good I'm race. Glad you, guys, I'm glad you guys created that. Cause that, that, uh, that is real helpful for, for the runners. Um, sometimes the runners, they tell us, well, you need to tell people, you know, that they can line up and some people just don't know, right? Like, you know, it, it, it when you line up at a, you know, on, a, on the line at Disney world or something, yeah. you know, nobody comes to you at, at, and says, well, you're waiting for this ride. And it's only for people that are slow. I mean, like, right. when you make a line, you want to be the first one in line. Right. Yep. So people don't know that, that it's a courtesy to move to the back. So, and even much less for a 5k. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, the fact that you guys allow race directors now to use that tool, uh, makes it, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, sure. it's been it's been something where we sort of had it half baked. It sat out there for a few years, and we're finally uh, one of the things with COVID because races haven't happened. We've rebuilt like seventy percent of our platform this year, so that's going to be something that gets a little bit of love here around probably around Christmas or early part of the year. Make it a little bit more self serve, but um, yeah, it's it is important that when when athletes do get the opportunity to go out there and tow a start line, that it's as good an experience as possible. Um, one of the races in my yeah. backyard for years is Pat's run, you know, 40 mm -hmm. ish thousand, I think people on a 4.2 mile course. And it's a pretty narrow, Yikes. narrow course. And one of the things that they dealt with early on was exactly that you'd have walkers and people with baby strollers who wanted to get up in those first corrals. Um, and it was, it was a nightmare and it was something where a race like that, you know, you have the responsibility of sort of being an ambassador for running, right? To say, yeah, okay, yeah. you're getting a lot of first-time runners out there. You're getting a lot of people who probably won't run again all year as far as a race goes. Um, and then mm -hmm. if you give them a bad experience, that's something that they do carry forward. It's kind of like what that race or the run store guy was telling you, like, hey, don't screw this up for the rest of us, you know, make sure that this is a yeah, good experience. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, and, and you know what, I think now, uh, I, um, 
for health reasons or health and safety reasons, um, it makes all the sense in the world uh, to get the corrals as, as as correct as possible, if that's a, if that's the right way to say it, um, because you don't want people, you know, having to pass each other unnecessarily, right? And I'm not saying that people can be competitive and get passed by, you know, a few a few people here and there, but you do want it to flow from fastest to least fast without using, you know, slow in there. Yeah. Um, that that I think is is going to be even more important now for the next, you know, however many months we go, we continue to go through this stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah. And I mean, it's frustrating for the fast people, but it's also kind of demoralizing for the not fast people who are, you know, they, and again, yeah. it's like the bandits, the vast majority of these people don't know they're doing anything at all wrong. They're just like you said, I jumped in line. This is where I thought I was supposed to be. And now all of a sudden I've got people, you know, shoving me or yelling at me or giving me dirty looks or whatever, when it was just like, Hey, I'm just trying to do the same rate. And that's the beauty of running is that I can be in a, a, the same race as Kipchoge and it doesn't matter. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, I'm not going to get in the, in the cage with, you know, Francis Ngannou and get, you know, get destroyed. It's, I can be on the same course doing the same thing as the world's elites and, and it doesn't affect me. I get to experience that simultaneously. So it's important. That's right. How did yeah, you, that's, uh, that's what makes running special. How did your cross country season end up with the team here? You guys, did you guys just end? Or are you still in like state competitions? No, we, we still got, yeah, we got, we just finished districts, uh, this past Saturday, the kids ran our 17th straight district title. So, Man. um, that, that, um, uh, that was fun. And then, uh, they've got regionals as here in Florida, it's basically districts, then regionals, and then your state championship the week after. So the state meets November 14th. Um, and, uh, they're, they're running pretty, pretty darn well. Just this year, there's really no, no Nike cross nationals. There's no foot locker. Yeah. There's uh there's a few makeshift, uh, I shouldn't call it makeshift, but there's still some attempts to put together a national meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if we'll, we'll make it out to there. I think there's one out in Terry, uh, in, in Indiana and, uh, and there's another one out in, in, in Georgia, I believe and Alabama even. So they're all popping up all over the place, but yeah, our season for all intents and purposes will end November 14th. Um, okay. come, uh, you know, in Tallahassee, uh, for the state meet at, at, it's held at, uh, FSU or FSU's home course. So got it. Yeah, without, without, looking forward to, without naming any names on the team, but you got, you got some contenders that, uh, you're yeah. looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, we've got, uh, I mean, this, I, sorry, eight out of my fastest 11 right now are seniors. So, so we're, we're pretty, pretty good. And, and one of them uh, just uh, committed to university of Florida. Um, he's, uh, he's actually, I can say his name, Javier Vento. He, he just did his verbal commit. Um, we have, uh, a, a junior that right now is being recruited by, uh, North Carolina and, um, and wow. a few schools here in Florida. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got, got some, 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 I can tell, I can tell the world that Miami does have some fast kids <laughs> down here that don't, you know, don't carry a football. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that's, uh, that's been, it's been fun. You know, oh. for sure, to see these guys uh, race race so well. That's awesome. Does the U have a good cross country team? They, I mean, not to knock them or anything, but it's just not where their yeah. priority is. Um, yeah. They had a great coach uh, that recently was was moved over to Tampa, um, but yeah, they they uh, that's not where they put their money in. Uh, it's a shame because, uh, like I said, Miami, I think is is a place where you can train, yeah. um, especially during the school year. Um, 
I, and and FIU being one of the largest universities in the in the country, yeah. D1 school also not not a not a great running school. Um, who knows? Maybe one day I'll I'll, I'll help That's them it. you know change that or help them reckon, realize that because it is a it is a shame. I went to FIU. I did track there. Track's mm-hmm. pretty decent, but the cross country side is not um, it's not up to par. I think I think we can be much better with the talent that graduates from the South Florida area. Well, if anybody so, can influence it, Frankie, it's you. So. Uh... No, no. Oh, come on. And at least I know high school. <laughs> it might be a different, it might be a different ballgame at college, but, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, for now I'll stick to the high school. All right. Well, you're modest, but I know you'll put some energy in your, your full weight behind it. Once it comes time to, you know, that, that becomes your focus. So, um, thank you. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to chat about here? No, I think, I think Troy, I, 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 I congrat, I congratulate you on, uh, on launching this, I think this is this is special for uh, for athletes and uh, and everything that uh, you know that Lifetime uh, has going in the endurance space, and hopefully um, you know Lifetime continues to lead in the in this endurance boom, yeah. this uh, that uh, we we haven't seen before, and and uh, get get people excited to to get back to to racing and 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 so forth. Uh, running was never canceled. Biking was certainly not canceled. No. Um, you know, to those. To those that have not yet gone out there, just because the pandemic or the quarantining period has has expired, doesn't mean you can't jump in. So, encourage you guys to to get out there and uh, and and get healthy, stay healthy. Yeah, those are great words, and and we we both uh, have the same parent company, which is a phenomenal company in Lifetime Fitness, and obviously thank thank for the years of support on the fitness side of that. So, um, and thank you to coming on the yeah. podcast. You're you're. We've got a mix. We're going to be releasing a little bit out of order, but you're like in the first few here um, guests. So I really appreciate you letting <laughs> me, yeah, you letting me practice on you a little bit. So uh, this has been fantastic. That's good. That's good. I'm I, I, I'm all for being part of the experiment. So that's good. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Well, right. we appreciate it. Uh, it was fantastic talking to you. And uh, Thank you, yeah, I'd love to um, you know as we get into the um, into when the virtual race opens up and you've got the medals out and things like that. Any way that we can help push folks over to you? Um, yeah, you say the word and we'll uh, we'll get the word out for you for sure. Yeah, no, we're we're uh, we'll, we'll certainly be in touch on that. Uh, we're, we're looking to have a traveling finish line. You, you, you take it uh, take it to different parts of the country, even even uh, as far down as as Mexico and Costa Rica and Colombia. So we're gonna. We're gonna try to keep the spirit of racing alive, even though you know that in-person, uh, you know, full-fledged twenty-two thousand plus people experience isn't there. We're gonna try to give them something so that um, you know we show our appreciation and and we keep that that energy high. You guys are the best. Thanks a lot, Frankie. Really appreciate that. Thank you, Troy. Appreciate. Awesome. It. Take care. Well, that is the show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. And thank you to Frankie Ruiz for sitting down and sharing an hour with us. I'm going to ask a special favor here. We are building this show and channel quite literally from scratch. So if you can take a moment and follow us on your chosen socials, we are at Faster Forward Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. So if you would be so kind, it really does help us grow and your support is much appreciated. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with your podcast-loving friends. Give the show a like or rating and review, depending on the platform you're listening on. And let us know in the comments what you thought, or if you have a guest that you'd like to hear on the show, drop us a note there, or you can email me directly at troy at fasterforwardshow.com. And as always, until next time, keep moving faster forward, everybody. Hey!